HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Roberta's Pizza, robertaspizza.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Bob Burt. Crazy Daisy, we're back. <laughs> Episode 151 of Arts and Seizures, and they said it wouldn't last. Holy shit, I feel like the Joe Franklin of the Heritage Radio Network. And sitting in the celebrity co-host chair today is my old friend, beatnik number one, Bob Burt. What's happening, Bob? Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, Bob, of doing uh, the whole show in my, my Joe Franklin voice. Today we have a, a young woman. Joe Franklin voice, Mike Gettison, Sharky voice. <laughs> it's very, pretty, pretty, very, one of the same. She's a star, a superstar. <laughs> she is a, for a long-time listener, first-time guest. I'm not young, though. <laughs> you are to me. Yeah. <laughs> a, a superstar, <laughs> very, very big in the restaurant business. Please welcome our friend, Aaron Norris. Oh, hey. thanks. Um, well, it's crazy. It's great to have you, Aaron. You are a, um, a pillar of patience uh, um, uh, You know, for everything that you've gone through to get your restaurant grindhouse up and running. Um, I'm really thrilled to have you. I love your restaurant. Thank you. And, uh, you are, out of 151 shows and 43,000 guests, certainly one of the most admirable. Aw, uh, shucks. <laughs> I'm blushing. So what's going on over there in Red Hook? Oh, it's the middle of winter, so um, uh, nothing. Uh, Red Hook, you know, which which is sort of like the end of the world. Well, it's, and 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 uh, you know, I mean, I've been there for twelve years, and I find myself saying all the time, "It's the coldest, loneliest place in all the land." You know, in the winter time, and what do I do? I open up a fucking restaurant in the middle of the, the in the beginning of the worst winter ever, which was last year. It's sort of like the city island of Brooklyn. 
Uh, well, I, I also kind of liken it to, I like to think more of that it's like the Montauk of the metro area. <laughs> I, you know, I, I love Red Hook, and the crazy thing was, I mean, for most of my life in New York, Red Hook was just this remote place, and to get to it, to go to a show there, I mean, That's you know, why we it, it was there. just like, I, I know, well, and, and you're all, get away from and, everybody. And you all love your uh, remoteness such as it is, but I mean, you had to, there was a subway and a bus, mm-hmm. or you had to walk across the overpass and then walk, yeah. but now, I, you know, I live in Crown Gardens, and I just sort of walk there, and I'm sort of on Columbia Street, I walk down, and I, and I sort of find myself more and more being drawn to Van Brunt Street. Do you, do you, do you take the Crack Bridge, or do you... Uh, uh, well, both, it depends. Depends on whether I'm on my bike or walking. What time uh, of the day? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Crack Bridge. <laughs> we have two. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Red Hook the setting for Last Exit to Brooklyn, the classic Hubert Selby Jr. book? Yeah. I believe so, which was yes, all, you know, yes, 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 drag was... queens and stabbings and... And it was also you know, known as the um, the worst place on earth, according to a time or life in like 1991. The worst place <laughs> on the earth. Worst, like, yeah, the worst place in America. Are you, are you worried that Red Hook's going to become like the next hipster mecca? Is it already happening? I'm, I'm, I'm already sure it's, it's it's inevitable. I mean, it's it's on the waterfront. Now, yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It's it's got this you know this charm. I mean, the the stuff that's in place right now, um, all the developments that are that are on the rise. Um, it's going to bring in a whole different you know caliber of people. But you know what? As a business owner, I say. Bring it. Bring it, right? I mean, New York's always been about change. We talk about this so much. You know, I've, on, I've on, suffered on for seven years trying to make this thing happen. Well, it's you, like, you know, I like, cha- you know fine, cha- I'll take it. I'll take your money. Change is not just prima facie bad, which I think a lot of nostalgic New Yorkers think. I mean, nostalgia is death. Nostalgia is like a national pathology. You know, I mean, people are always going to be facing backwards. I mean, New York's always changed, and it's always going to change. I mean, the problem with a lot of people who have money or changing is they have, like, shitty taste, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or no taste. Exactly. Which is, is, yeah, is yeah, the worst. Yeah, yeah, usually no. And, uh, um, and yet we're still here, and we're still here. Bob, what's going on with you? You've been shaking it up a little at lunch uh, lately. Speaking yeah, we had a great, great show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in between the two radio shows, I played a gig at Rough Trade with Lydia Run- Lunch Retrovirus, and it was a smashing success. And uh, yeah, we have an album coming out in May. I'm going to Paris at the end of March, and... And we're going to be doing a long tour of Europe in June. It's you know, and I think it's great that um, that's sustainable. I mean, you guys are both artists, and you're you're doing it. I mean, I mean, Lydia is willfully confrontational and not not exactly a commercial entity per se, and still out there shaking it up. And um, uh, she's the hardest working woman in showbiz. She lives out of a suitcase and. Mickey, Mickey Finn said to me after we, we, when we opened up for uh, Lydia uh, that time, he said he wanted to go over and say hello, but he was afraid she would make fun of her pe- his penis. <laughs> <laughs> she, probably, she probably would. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she doesn't really mince words. Or speaking, of ma- speaking of making fun of penises, <laughs> yeah. how well, about for a segue? I, 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 told you, I told you what she said uh, the other night when she went on after Handsome Dick. Uh, <laughs> She she. Uh, this is at the Jane County. This is at the Jane County tribute night at uh, Bowery Electric, which was a lot of fun, and there was a bunch of people doing like three songs. So Handsome Dick came on and he did uh, Surfing Bird and Search and Destroy and um, with his band, like the, the current Dictators uh, lineup. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a house band for mm-hmm. for everybody. And uh, what was the last song he did? The classic first song, Sonic Reducer, and of course, and of course, Handsome uh, Dick and Jane, legendarily, were like a huge feud for years. Oh yeah, yeah. I was surprised he was even doing it. In fact, I didn't even get into the Dictators until the '90s because I always, you know, had this, you know, thought he was this like homophobe nut that uh, you know attacked Jane County because I actually. Not that I'm old or anything, but I actually went to the Free Wayne County Benefit <laughs> back in 1976 or whenever the hell it was. And um, so he came out and he well, goes... Well, you were just a pup of 35 so, back then. So Handsome Dick comes out and he goes, yeah, he goes, me and Wayne County never got along. 
but me and Jane County get along really well. <laughs> and then Lydia came out and she said, it's a good thing Handsome Dick Manitoba went on before me, so now he could suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That kind of killed my making fun of penises uh, segue. <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, this is the show that goes. There are no boundaries here on Arts and Seizures. Um, in a former life before a restaurateur and a proprietor of Grindhouse. It was, um, it was last century, as a matter of fact. Last yeah. century. The, 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 the last decade of the last century. The last decade of the last century. The 90s. Um, you know, you were more likely to be seen with whip in hand, not uh, the spatula. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, whip in and also, yeah, credit card to pay for all the bands that I was working with that, you know, <laughs> needed to have, you know, drinks and drugs and all sorts of things. Okay, and, let's go through this. And, 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 we, and we won't name any names, but... Uh, hey, we drop names on the show. Yeah, but this is... Very a, many this young is, this is stars. Pri- pri- uh, private information, but one of uh, Aaron's clients from back in the day is now nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, oh. and it uh, might actually be a female. Yeah. <laughs> and it might be. And I'm not even going to say what category or whether or not no, they're hosting no. Saturday Night Live no. or not. Very, 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 <laughs> very big star. I, I mean, if you guys were thinking about Joe Franklin at all, we'll get, we'll get to the making fun of penises. We'll get there. I promise everybody. Yeah. But I, I was very saddened by the Joe uh, Frank, Franklin news. Um, I, I was fortunate. I, got, I was actually on the Joe Franklin show once, which uh, took a lot of uh, finagling and going up to his office and kind of... Um, you know, kind of being a bit of a sycophant to get Sharky's Machine, my band, down to Sea Caucus to get on the show. Um, Were you on the show? I was on the show, and my in was like, I knew a guy was when I was working for the wrestling magazines who was a big wrestling fan and actually was writing for wrestling magazines. It was Joe Franklin's doorman. I mean, this, this, is, this is how it works, right? He's like, yeah, I know Joe. He's, you know, I'm his doorman, and he's a nice guy. I can introduce you. Can I write for your magazine? And, you know, and that's how we, we made the deal. Wow. <laughs> you know, a real backroom deal to get to Secaucus to be one of the 300,000 guests that he claims to have out on his show oh in, um, you know, over 43 so years. Sharky's Machine played on the Joe Franklin uh, Yeah, it was pretty dismal, I got to admit. It's on YouTube or not? Uh, it's not on YouTube. And, um, you know, it's shocking. You know, I mean, there was some good Joe Franklin on uh, YouTube, and we're going to listen to the Spinal Tap interview when we take a break in a little bit, uh, the Ramones interview, which is, is classic. Uh, but what's not on is Uncle Floyd in his Joe Frankfurter uh, imitation of, of uh, Joe Franklin. There's like, I guess the Uncle Floyd people kind of protect Uncle, everything. Yeah, and they do. They, you know, every time the uh, Pussy Galore appearance on Uncle Floyd gets put on YouTube, his lawyers yank it off like within a week. And if there's one thing I'm envious of your career and, and, our, and our buddy John Spencer, it's the appearance on the Uncle Floyd show. Oh, that's like the highlight of my career. I should have given up that, this next day. Uh, I, know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I picked my I was, I was hanging with Oogie. Were you, were, you, were you an Uncle Floyd fan, Aaron? Um, that was more of a Jersey yeah, it's thing. Yeah, Jer- it? it's a Jersey thing that sort of like filtered into like the... No- that was, that was on like thing. this thing called UHF before cable. Channel 68. Sure, yeah. Channel yeah, 68. Flip the dial or but, um, press that Move the button. rabbit ears around. But you're in good company. So Uncle Floyd, for those who don't know, was this crazy show, this subversive kitty show that was put on by a bunch of you know, stoners and dipsomaniacs <laughs> uh, built around Uncle Floyd, Floyd Vivino, who was this you know, major league piano player with a repertoire of like thousands and thousands of these old-time songs. And then the bands would be like the Dead Boys and the Misfits and oh, yeah. all these like Everybody. a lot of punk rock. Everybody was on there, well, except for me. Yeah, yes. But I was on the Joe Franklin show. A very <laughs> young man who was a bright, 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 bright future. Man, I love Joe Franklin. So let's get back to the making fun of penises. What, <laughs> what, what is it about your former career as a dominatrix well, that prepared I, you I, I, to be I, I, the I success to that you are today I, in Red Hook, Brooklyn? I was, I, was, I was not the type to make fun of penises. I don't, you know, that was not my MO. Was, mm-hmm. was, humiliation was not my... Was, it's not my bag. I'm very I'm much more tactical. Um, you know, it's like, how do I string this 250-pound guy from the ceiling without, you know, <laughs> causing any kind of, you know, bodily harm, grievous injury, or, you 
know, taking taking <laughs> or building collapse or taking the ceiling down exactly. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, you know, it was it was it was it was much more. I mean, a lot of these people are still my friends to this day, and um, it's uh, I, I just had a very different way of playing. Um, I was not that bitch goddess kind of you know persona. Um, I never really considered myself a dominatrix, more of a professional sadist. <laughs> and and how funny the and roles now, have. And now, <laughs> yeah, and now you're a professional masochist. <laughs> yeah, and the now I am now, yes, Carmen. So, so tell us a little about the trials and tribulations. I was just reading about you on Eater.com. It's a fantastic story. And for those who don't know, really should know, like, you know, what you've gone through, literally Helen, literally Helen Highwater, to, yeah, to, get yeah. where, to get where you are. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, an, an idea that was uh, that, that started out in a neighbor's backyard. My friend uh, Jens and Professor Brian, we made sausages one day and a bunch of people came over. I literally woke up the next day with this idea to do this. I wanted to have a boisterous sausage parlor and you know, <laughs> say what you want. You know, I mean, yes, a boisterous, I've heard a all boisterous the jokes. sausage parlor. <laughs> I've heard them all. And yeah. um, I, 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 it was just like, oh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm at this point in my life where, you know, I've worn so many hats. I'm not exactly sure where I want to go go from here but I've always worked in the restaurant business in some capacity since I was like 13 or um, so it just seemed like a natural thing to do oh let me let, I should build a restaurant and let me do it in Red Hook and you know because I really love it here and I'd already been there for probably the, like, like five years or so and um, I've you know found a space which is a couple doors down from uh, where I was living um, it was a total shithole uh, my friend uh, Jens as a matter of fact who you know inspired me to kind of do this with the sausage party that we had in his backyard uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, the boys um, sausage party. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like Handsome Dick's Bar on a Saturday yeah. night. Why was it I invited? <laughs> you know, we we, we, we we basically you know took this dump and made it you know into uh, a destination. But that took um, it took about uh, about six years. I mean, I signed the lease. Uh, April Fool's Day 2008, uh, first mistake. Um, didn't get to start building until December of that year. And then it's like, you know, financial woes, momentum, seasonal stuff. She furniture. literally built it from scratch. Uh, yeah. Well, I, what, I, what was that building beforehand? I mean, Grindhouse it was, is, it was it's, it's a beautiful space. I mean, it, it's was, a wonderful it was, it was, it was, um, it hadn't even been looked at since, uh, pretty much since the landlord had um, taken over. And I got to say, I have one landlord lotto. Um, my landlord, Joe Menino, is probably one of the most patient, wonderful um, people. Like, I could not have done this project if, if it was somebody else. You know, he's, his motto is slow and steady wins the race. And it was a building. He knows how much, you know, how much I put into it. And actually, the first day, like, one of the, one of the first weeks that I was working on it, I'm up there on a scaffold in a Carhartt suit playing with all this, like, toxic, like, epoxy mortar, you know, basically, like, keeping the building, you know, together. And I could smell a cigar, and he walks in, and uh, he's like, hey, is Aaron here? And I'm up, you know, up there, and I take off my respirator. I'm like, hey, Joe, I'm up here. What are you doing here? I'm like, well, Joe, I'm working on the building. I'm working on my space. But you're a woman. <laughs> He's an old school, you know, Brooklyn <laughs> Italian, obviously. And um, I was like, yeah, but Joe, I said I was going to work on this space. So I'm here, up here working. He's like, but women are only on a job site to harass me for money. <laughs> and so from then on, there, there was this, there's like this, um, heightened sense of respect, I believe, that he saw that I'm, you know, I'm not just sitting there or sitting back and, you know, having, and, and that I also didn't have this giant, you know, 
cushion of finances to work with. I like I literally had to jump in there and do it myself. And um, and sometimes, you know, in the you know in these lean months, I really really miss those moments of you know of of, of being a mason and you know <laughs> and, and being a carpenter and you know doing all of this stuff because it meant that I actually you know I still had money to work from yeah. um, uh, you know versus now where it's just like oh are we going to make it next week we're going to make it to next week well what we haven't gotten to is and you know, speaking of the high water is that you got, you got hit you got walloped yeah. you got, I did after like six years or something of right. rebuilding uh, of, of, being a month away from opening and then and, the yeah. and then the flood happens and because I wasn't open I was like cut out of all of these you know like financial aids and packages and services and all this stuff and it was and, you know like do I go on you know but uh, and my my mother even uh, my folks are you know really modest incomes uh, they you know they sold the house that we grew up in in order to you know um, help fund this project and I am so grateful and my mom came up to me and said at my post Sandy and it's like you know what if you have to walk away now it's okay I don't want to see you like kill yourself over this thing and I was just like no I have to do this I've got to finish it and, and you know be generous donors like Bob Burt over here and 180 other kickstarters and um, just you know, but, but do, you, do you love your mother? Of course, I love I love my mother and my father. As, as a matter of fact, etched into this into the concrete in the entrance of Grindhouses okay. for mom and dad. So they are they are uh, very important. I'm going to start crying any second now. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. Um, and once again, of course, um, we're, we're mourning the loss of, of Joe Franklin, who really was a superstar in this business. Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine. You know, it's hard to imagine New York well, without Joe Franklin. To be honest with you, um, a surprise on Facebook. But the good thing is, he he did live a long life, and he died from natural causes and. It was 80. Yeah, and like, you know, and he was, but he apparently he invented the talk show format. It was yeah. the first talk show. I honestly I thought that was Steve Allen, another one of my heroes, but um, all praise to Joe. And um, I was fortunate to get to meet him a couple times, which was really incredible. Last time I saw Joe Franklin, I went to see Sid Caesar doing this sort of master class in comedy at NYU. <laughs> it was this amazing thing. I sat next to Jane Curtin, and, and let me tell you, Jane looked nice. good. <laughs> yeah. um, but she, she felt she owed this great cosmic debt to Sid Caesar. She was really wonderful. And Joe Frank was there, and he crashed the stage. Okay, since he was up there, and like, I mean, there's a room full of like famous comedians and TV writers, and he, you know, he's talking about, you know, writing the show of shows and how Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and Mike Nichols all got their start on his show. And Joe Franklin just walks up the stage and pushes him away and goes, I want to thank Sid Caesar. I have to go. I have to go do my show. I have to go now to memory lane. But Sid, you're big. You're big, 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 big. You're going to be big in this business, kid. I'm telling you. And he left. And it was just like the most bizarre thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, literally just crashed the stage and then disappeared. Yeah. It's like Russell Simmons in a, at the Karen O show. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to listen to now. Just, uh, just uh, I, I, going down memory lane, as Joe would say, we're going to listen to Spinal Tap okay. uh, on the Joe Franklin show. And they're on the couch with um, a couple of uh, never-wases and possibly a has-been or wannabes. And, of course, Spinal Tap uh, celebrating, I believe it's their 17th record on the Joe Franklin show. But so this is the 17th album by the Spinal That's Tap. Right. Yeah. Who's got? Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Mr. Uh, Christophe Pierre for dropping in and inviting our friends to bring back highlight recollections of an evening at the Cotton Club mm-hmm. in Midtown Manhattan, Silver Lining. I want to thank Mr. Uh, Bruce Logan for the honor. I want to tell you that the man who wrote the article, Richard Schwartz, should drop down here one day. Yes. Because he's bright. He's interviewed a lot of people, not as many as you, Joe. 
but uh, he would be very interested. What is your final thought for the gentleman known as Spinal Tap? Oh, I just was curious. Did you three know each other as children, like the Beatles? Growing we up? we did. We, we grew up did. together in I, London. I just yeah. gathered that. I just felt it. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Did you begin gigging? Did you begin gigging, as they say, in local pubs? Yeah. No, mostly outside of uh, tube stations. Subway stops. Some small clubs yeah. as well, yeah. All right. Skiffle groups, we call them. It was like jug bands. And yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pierre, what do you want to ask or say of a red-hot group? A uh, question I was just thinking about as I heard the, the tape. I was wondering, just in comparison to the sound that I heard and the sound that you're doing now, how would you say you, you've changed over completely? Are you still going to go back to the old sound of just... We've got a lot heavier, question. you know, we've got mm -hmm. a lot heavier, there's more power in the music today. Yeah, everything's imagine. louder today, really, mostly. And it's a matter of audience demand, really. I mean, yeah, because I was wondering, because there is a market for the sound that you had before. I hope so, we'll bring it back. Great, yeah, because no, we release really, it. Never it works very well for you. Oh, great, thank, thank you. Well, thank we you. know you like nostalgia, so that's why we brought you. Did you say nostalgia or yeah. neuralgia? Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been for me an hour of hours. We'll uh, always be uh, in touch and uh, admiring these fantastic entertainers. Have a good day and a good night, and do stay well. And don't get any spinal taps. They hurt. Oh, yes. No spinal taps. Uh, only our kind. <laughs> So, Bob, I want to know, did you start gigging in pubs? Gigging, as they say. I love Joe Franklin. I got to start using, I got to start using the technique of having my guests ask questions. Aaron, is there a question you'd like to ask this young, budding superstar, Bob Burt? Because <laughs> that's what's going on there. If you don't know, it's like you know, you've got this guy who's like you know, this like minor league magician. He makes his living at kids' birthday parties. And here's Spinal Tap, who's Joe's buying into the whole hog as the biggest band in England, and he's asking them ask each other questions. It's absolutely fantastic. She could ask me, "What was my favorite meal at Grindhouse?" What was your favorite meal at Grindhouse, Bob? Well, it was a big thrill for me to to eat at Grindhouse with uh, Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine and BP Fallon, who uh, has such a history and. What I credit him most for it was organizing uh, the musicians for Johnny Thunder's So Alone record. Who are all dead right now, so. Yes, yeah. <laughs> BP's not. He's still alive and he's still taking psychedelics every night. Best eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Best Great eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, but one of my favorite dinners was uh, when you brought Mick Collins in the other night. And, <laughs> and, you know, here I'm a huge fan of a huge fan of Mick myself. And to see him shazamming the playlist that I had going on you know, meant so much to me. And, and he also, I'm going to hold him to it. He said that he would make me a four-hour playlist for the rest of We are of superstars. <laughs> we are tastemakers. Um, I'll tell you what. For real, though, let's take a little break. And I want um, to play some of the new, uh, this is new Lydia Lunch, right? This Newly is, recorded, this fresh, is, uh, fresh meat. This is a EP uh, that, that's available for sale online, and um, it's four songs that were uh, actually included on the live one that we already had out. So we have a new album coming out in May, and this song is uh, three times three, which was originally performed in 1981, I believe, or 80, by the band 1313, which was Lydia being backed up by the L.A. punk band The Weirdos. And this song she wrote after... Uh, having sex with John Doe in a parking lot, and then Xene got upset, so she had sex with uh, Lydia also, and according to Lydia, Xene was better. This is like she a, wrote this song. This is like Fleet, <laughs> a little, little Fleetwood Mac going no way there. For y'all. Well, we go there in Arts and Seizure. Let's give it a twirl. You're listening to Arts and Seizure with the Bob Burton and Aaron Norris uh, on the Heritage Radio Network. Here we go. Lydia Lunch and Retrovirus. Yeah. 
My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hi, I'm Reggie Watts, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. All right, and please remember that Heritage Radio and the Arts and Seizure Show are member-supported, so if you're digging what you hear and you're looking on your internet machine you see a button that says, be a member or donate, please don't hesitate. We'll send you a groovy uh, tote bag, and um, maybe Bob will come over to your house and play the bongos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you, you know, I'm, I'm listening to that. That record sounds so good, and the live stuff sounds so good. Lydia's band is so so sharp. Um, I guess I got the no, the um, No New York record. When did that come out? Like 1980, 1979? 1978 or 79. That's, what, that's how I... I, I got it in 1980, I guess. Yeah. That was 35 years ago, and it still sounds like really sharp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that record changed my life because uh, I was actually silkscreen printing in Soho, and this girl that I worked with showed it to me. And that was at a time because I was, you know, I've been around. I went to all the early CBGB shows. And then there was that period around 78 where there was just all of a sudden 9 million bands and all the cool bands were on major labels and blah, 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 blah. So, and, you know, I kind of like wasn't going out at, as much at the time. And then uh, I got turned on to this record and I just fell in love with everything on it. And, and you know, I wasn't even a thinking about being a musician at that point in my life and it wasn't until no wave came along that showed me that you know artistic uh, approach or concept means a lot more than technical ability you know I'll take, you know, Ardo Lindsay's guitar playing over Eric Clapton's any day of the week. I'll take Muddy Waters. <laughs> and I'll take Muddy Waters over them all. And he knows approximately 32,000 less notes. Uh, all that coming from Bob Bird, who has played with the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. And yes. when I say the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, I mean Pussy Galore and Sonic Youth. Yes, exactly. Of course. Um, Sundays are big days at Grindhouse, right? You know, if, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, we have a cheap date night. Uh, so you can get a steak for two and a bottle of wine. A steak for two, the Cote de Bouffe, pour deux? It is, it is gorgeous. Oh, um, so- uh, my new chef, Carol uh, Wagner-Greenwood, um, uh, she's a, a, a legendary uh, chef of, of, of Washington, D.C., and she kind of left the D.C. area. She needed to sort she of... She left the power corridor of Washington, <laughs> D.C. to come to the she up got, She got a little tired of, of, of having to refuse service to war criminals in her restaurants. I love that story. It's a true story. Right? 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 She story. basically um, pissed on Donald Rumsfeld, right? She also refused... Um, uh, she was in uh, Johannesburg uh, uh, working on a few places down there over the past few years, and she also uh, very notoriously uh, refused service to uh, one of the signs of the de Klerk family. It's like, you know, she has no time for... Racists and war criminals, and you know, if you, you just just be a decent. Person. And here on the Arts and Seizure, I want to say we are against racism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to take a stand and say we're against racism. Yeah, that's it. Uh, those those liberals, liberals in the booth are like, house. yes, yes, Mike, go there. <laughs> And here we are at Roberta's where President Clinton had- <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his whole family. Yeah, exactly. we're here. Do you have do you have an awkward date table at, at Grindhouse? No, um, I have, I only have twenty seats at Grindhouse, and it, so it, they're all awkward. <laughs> is what you're trying to say? No, no, what happens is that you know the, everybody looks really good in the room. You know, there's a lot of like sort of you know muted pink and red tones, so everybody looks really pretty. One of my favorite compliments, and I want to get this printed on 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 a. On condoms, um, <laughs> it was uh, uh, Valentine's Day last year. Uh, somebody in the neighborhood came in, and he was on a blind date. And you know, he set him up in a you know nice table. They had a great meal, and he came back the next day and poked his head, and he was like, "Dude, 
Grindhouse gets you laid. <laughs> well, and, that, I just, yeah. and I thought that okay. was... Okay, did you hear that, Radio Land? I yeah. thought that was really, really wonderful. Yeah. Like, I need to do something with that. It works that, for me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to do that. It is a very dainty place. It's very uh, groovy it's, like it's that. I want it to be, you know, very, it's, very... It's, um, it's the best salon. atmosphere in a restaurant. I, I love the place. Living room. And... Uh, you know, the stamina, stamina that she has, like just getting it all together. And there's so many times she was ready to pack it up and jump off a bridge and then still least, going. At least once a week. <laughs> you know, and, 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 one of the crack bridges. Uh, and besides the fact that every, everyone should go there and eat and check it out because it's so amazing and the food is so great. But uh, and my, sta- my staff is lovely. My staff, staff is too. lovely. It's either myself waiting tables or the lovely Sarah Jane who's... Uh, who's Sarah both. Jane's great and we were there and um, she, she recommended a great bottle of wine. We had a terrific dinner when we were there. Yeah. Um, and no, it is, it is very dainty and good. Um, I, I laugh, of course, because we're sitting right next to the awkward date table. <laughs> so, so today no, have... I'm pretty sure this is like their like like three thousandth dates. Right, this is the only time where we've had a they're, date. They've come full circle. Of, they're just of, so of, bored with one of, another. Of, 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 of people that are actually older than us. And they're just on their. They're all. They're both on their phones. And I was trying to like see like who are they like are they on Tinder? Are they trying to like Tinder this shit? You know, is there something called senior? I, you know, I think at some point, for when you get that old brunt, you know, you know, when I when I, I go out on a date with my girlfriend or or, um, or date with my girlfriend, I should say, there's there, there's there's the um, allotted uh, cell phone break time when we sort of say okay, because really we turn our cell phones off dinner, you, after you dinner, don't have but to every once in a while it's no. like okay, we're allowed to check in with the world, we're not making a big statement about it, but these guys are on their phone the whole fucking time. <laughs> but you know what? And it looks like they have been together for a long time, and I think it's really cute. And I might like my parents have been together for right, it'll be forty. And your parents seven. Year, seven years, seven years. Like hopefully, they still have something to say to each other. They do, they seem, do. My mom usually so rolls her eyes at what my dad has to say because <laughs> he's repeating yeah. something for the umpteenth time. But but they love each other very much, and I'm I'm really uh, proud to uh, you know to to have them as, as well. They should be. Aaron Norris, a very 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 superstar, upcoming superstar in the Red Hook restaurant business, in the world, in the international <laughs> culinary world, and. Um, and, and- if you're looking to invest money, that's the place to do it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I, I am Let's looking get to for that. an investor. Right. I am. I am looking for an investor. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right. Well, um, because <laughs> no risk business of the restaurant world, but you're kicking ass, and we're really glad to have you. And Thank um, you. Did you bring us cookies? I did. I brought you some of these. Probably the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever had. Carol made these. Um, they are... Um, uh, chocolate chip uh, uh, with a little bit of uh, uh, salt on top, and they're just the best. So, oh, yeah, they, so the I, salt. There was, they're a, really there were, there was three cookies with my uh, creme so brulee. Just, uh, that uh, I had the other night. Cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon. So these are sort of the salt and sweet thing going on. Oh, which I think, yeah, they're they're really good. I you know, think sometimes things that are trendy are okay. You know, not everything that's a trend is bad, and I I feel that a lot. You know, being in this like foodie world of Roberta's and Heritage Radio, and the world at large, people hear the word autisanal and they just like sort of make a face or oh god, another salt caramel, but salt caramel's great, salt and sweet is good, and like and like good cocktails are better than bad cocktails, you know. I mean these are good trends. Yeah, good is good. Better is better is what we say <laughs> no, here in Arts and Good Caesar. is good. And but those cookies are great. All right, well, yeah. mm, she oh. doesn't know that I basically raped the oh, uh, <laughs> raped the closet mm. <laughs> of what she uh, of what she made. She's um, gonna have to do a little baking off today. Also here at Arts and Caesar we're against rape. I wanna go out on the limb right here. Okay. No no racism and no rape. Rape. Okay. Well, except of the cookie bars. We're also against poverty. 
<laughs> yeah, I am very much against poverty, but it's all I know. But we're all about um, Bob Burt. We're all we, about we forgot Aaron to tell Mars. you that Bill Cosby baked those cookies. <laughs> well, Any minute now, well, Edison, well, thank, I'm going to have my way with thank, you. Thankfully, it's the fastest half hour on the internet today. I hope I your girlfriend's not listening. And as, I'm, as, as, as I'm sinking down the, down the Cosby K-hole, <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye to you all. Thanks, Bob Burke, for coming up. Beat it's my pleasure. One. Love this place. Look for Bob and uh, Lady Lunch. Please go to Grindhouse. Thank and, you. And we'll see our friend Aaron. And, and, and the Wolf Manhattan Project coming go, soon. Go, go, go tonight. To Grindhouse and have dinner for two. It's cheap date night. Cheap date night. And um, both myself and Sarah Jane. And Grindhouse gets you laid. So, (laughs) for everybody on Arts and Seizures, (laughs) thanks to Liz in the booth and y'all. This is Mike Edison. We'll see you next week. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 nonprofit. to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening